the pandemic was a time of great uncertainty and no one really knew the answers. It opened up our eyes to all the things that we need to change to create the change that we want to see for our future. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente Northern California. I'm your host, Carrie Ellen Pleach. Today, I have a very special guest joining me, Dr. Maria Ansari. In addition to being my physician partner for our Kaiser Permanente Northern California region, Maria also serves as the CEO of both the Permanente Medical Group and the Mid-Atlantic Permanente Medical Group and is also the co-CEO of the Permanente Federation. Welcome, Maria. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, Carrie. Yeah, it's quite the title. Yes. Although we've officially come out of the pandemic, the unprecedented three years brought with it some critical lessons for those of us in healthcare, which I think Maria will agree we do not want to lose sight of when we're moving forward. Maria is here to talk about some of the lessons we learned as leaders in our organization, the role resiliency plays in our success as an organization and in our everyday lives as well as what learnings will be valuable for us to carry forward. Honestly, I think this will be a little cathartic for both of us, and I hope for all of you as well. Before we launch into our conversation on lessons from the pandemic, Maria, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and clinical practice? We'd love to get some insight into your personal story and the work you do to care for our patients and our teams at Kaiser Permanente. Sure, I'd love to. You know, I'm a cardiologist at heart, I have been with the organization 20 years. Before that, I was in academic medicine and I used to do a lot of research. And my research brought me to Kaiser Permanente. I saw that if you're a Kaiser Permanente member and you live in Northern California, you're 20% less likely to die of heart disease. And for me, that was it. It sold me. I came and begged for a job at Kaiser Permanente and the rest is history. I'm a practicing cardiologist now. I take care of mostly heart failure patients. And I've raised two children here in the Bay Area, an 18-year-old son and a 21-year-old daughter, and I have a five-year-old puppy. Five-year-old puppy. All right, so what kind of puppy? It's a cockapoo. His name is Felix. My son doesn't know about Felix the cat, so he liked it because Felix means happiness in Latin. Oh, I love that. So the puppy is bringing lots of happiness. Yes. My puppy Chewy gives me happiness as well, though it's sprinkled in with lots of challenges. (laughs) I hear you. So remarkable journey. And thank you for everything you do for our patients, especially our cardiac patients. I love that you highlighted the most recent result that if you are a KP member and you live in a KP community, your likelihood of dying from heart disease is significantly less than the rest of the population. So it speaks to the volumes of the power of our team and the power of the leadership you've brought. Absolutely. And I wanted to be on a winning team. So that's what brought me here. You and me both. (laughs) So you talked a little about the kids and you talked a little bit about the puppy. I was wondering if you could share a little bit more on a personal level. Where did this love of medicine and people come from? You know, I think it comes from my father. He was a general surgeon and then eventually became a cardiac surgeon. But when I was growing up, he was the only surgeon in town. We lived in a small town and everywhere you went, you would see people who were fixed by my dad. (laughs) So their broken arm, their spine, their knee replacement, emergency surgeries, appendectomy, that sort of thing. He ran a multi-specialty clinic and he used to be known for taking care of people who didn't have insurance. So a lot of people just came for free care and his partners would also care for them too. And I think I 
became very proud of that. And then as I was growing older and he became a cardiac surgeon and specialized, he continued to do all this pro bono work in general surgery and in trauma and vascular orthopedics. It was a small town, so you could get away with things like that. He's originally from Iran and he would volunteer on our vacations to do work in the villages. And it just reminded me of our connection to humanity and the importance that healthcare plays in our lives. Someone just recently told me that the most intimate thing that you can do in life is seek health care. That resonated with me so much because that's been my experience. Is I think it just brings people together and really reminds us of how interconnected we are. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'm um, so thankful for your dad and what he brought to you and the family and to all the patients that he served. So healthcare and taking care of people is really truly in your blood. For sure. So I also have to say, once again, congratulations on this huge new role that you've taken on and a huge congratulations also for being, which I'm very proud of, the first female CEO of the Permanente Medical Group in its history. It's truly amazing. Where do you gather your strength to break through the proverbial glass ceiling, which I'm not sure I'm totally bought into the glass ceiling concept, but tell me what you think. I haven't thought about it from a gender perspective, to be honest. For me, it was really a hunger for change, a hunger to make things better. There's an expression that if you're motion sick in the back of the bus, just get out and drive. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was watching things unfold in a way that I thought could be done better. You know, in general, the pandemic opened up our eyes to all the things that we need to change. And so I just thought it was a great opportunity to create the change that we want to see for our future. And I think our people wanted something different. When you think about who you want in a leadership role, there was a greater call for authenticity, compassion, engagement. And I think we saw a lot of females actually emerge out of the pandemic and into leadership positions. And so I guess I'm part of that wave. You are part of that wave, even though you've been a leader for a long period of time, but we're so thankful to have you take the helm. Well, beyond this huge role, you have another very important role as a mom. I'm wondering if you could share some words of wisdom for all the working moms and the parents out there. I'm not going to comment on balance because I think I gave up on that. It's more like work-life integration. Yeah, I think my best advice is to be present in what you're doing. When you're at work, just be fully engrossed in work. And when you're at home, you know, if you're going to run off and go see the soccer match, Put your phone down and engage in the soccer match. If you're running home and your toddlers are home, get down on the floor, put your devices away and be on the floor with them, play with them. Just be fully present and enjoy every single moment. My best practical advice is to outsource everything you think you can. And in fact, outsource everything you can afford because as the kids grow older, their needs will be less and you won't need to outsource as much. They are gonna get bigger. They are gonna become more self-sufficient. Your now is not your forever and time is on your side. So prioritize your time with the things that matter most. Yeah. When people talk about work-life balance, people forget that you can also gain your balance by holding on to other people. Yeah. So let's shift to talk about what you and I and so many others have experienced over the past years. Some of us might be finding ourselves envious of how family and friends and other industries are seemingly moving back to a world where maybe the pandemic never happened. But as leaders in healthcare, we just don't have the luxury of moving on to that extent. We owe it to our members, our teams, our communities, and to ourselves to take the lessons from the pandemic so we do better 
Rhea, what did you learn about yourself during the pandemic? I'd love for you to maybe share an aha moment, maybe about your own leadership approach during the pandemic and how it might have shaped how you're leading today. Sure. You know, I think it was a time of great uncertainty and no one really knew the answers. I was in charge of the San Francisco Medical Center. I was used to being the one to gather the stakeholders, get the information, and in a way, know all the answers, not having come up with them myself. During the pandemic, all that changed. You had to let go of that certainty. You couldn't predict the future. You didn't know, is this the beginning? Is this the end of the beginning? Will this go on for days, weeks, months, years? There was so much I didn't know, and there was a lot of humility in that and really focusing on what I could deliver. I wanted to be hopeful and authentic and give people the information and the tools as I got them. So I had to be really immediate, really authentic and hopeful, but none of that sugar-coated toxic positivity stuff. I think that was part of it. And the other is that we're in this together to recognize that I'm going to be with you shoulder to shoulder and you don't have to go it alone. That resonated with people. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. There's no question that the pandemic tested the outer limits of our resiliency. I'll share a story. So I joined in November of 2020. I rounded in each of the medical centers and all the COVID ICUs in the first 45 days of joining. And it was the height of the pandemic. The challenge was seeing the faces of defeat on some of the staff. Early in the pandemic, they were throwing everything they had at trying to save people, saving the lives of their patients, in some cases, their neighbors and their own friends and family members and this feeling of helplessness. And I took on the job, as you were saying, of helping to remind people of the wins, not having that toxic positivity, but being there and reminding them that this too shall pass during that time. People asked me where I drew my resiliency from. It was from the power and the beauty of the team and what they were doing every day. I'm inspired how we all stretched and we grew during the pandemic. And I would obviously never call the pandemic a blessing, but I am definitely grateful for the ways that it challenged us and helped us grow as people and professionals. Maria, do you have a story of resiliency that you'd like to share? You know, one thing that I noticed was that everyone was in a different place. Remember, there were some people who were just emboldened, I'm going to fight this, some people who just didn't believe in it. And then there was a large group of people who were really fearful about the unknowns and worried about their family members. We had our ED physicians, our emergency department physicians filling out their wills, really concerned because they were the front face of this pandemic. And what I saw was that they were able to overcome their fear and lean into the work in the service of some greater good. It was this reminder of this is what we're here for. This is what we train to do. And remembering that you have the muscles to do this, you have the knowledge to do this, that we can do this together. Some of the people that were in the areas that had the most risk were also the same ones who were rushing into the fire, so to speak. So when we had to go swab in the nursing homes, we had the same people coming in and swabbing. And I think it was just that idea that we're here with a purpose in the service of others and that was a really great way to overcome some of the fear of the unknown, to lean into the work. It was beautiful to see just the level of how people harnessed the stress and the magnitude at the moment to be there in the service of others. Yeah. And to remember that this is what you train to do. We're here now and we're going to do this together. Yeah. 
but it's okay if we take a few more centuries between the next pandemic. I'm all for that. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. So of all the lessons learned through the pandemic, what is one lesson you have taken away which will be valuable to how you approach leading now and maybe into the future? I think the one thing that impressed me the most was really our innovation and our speech execution. So oftentimes we're a big organization and our enterprise agility is not stellar sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And we get in the way of ourselves and we want to test everything multiple times, pilot it over several months, and then finally do a massive rollout once it's fully baked. And what we did instead were multiple small tests of change, not in weeks or months, but in days, sometimes in hours, hours. sometimes yeah. within the same day. That creativity and that innovation and that fearlessness to lean into the work, to lean into the service of others, knowing that we got to get out there and we have to vaccinate a thousand people today. We need to do this safely. We need to figure out line management. We need to figure out how to get vaccines and do it at the curbside. How are we going to screen for glaucoma? Let's do it in a drive-through. Like just crazy ideas. Let's just do it. Let's try it. We come up with an idea on one day and we're rolling it out the next day and iterating. And I think we can't lose sight of that pandemic level thinking and speed to execution and a willingness to try new things. And I I hope to carry that through. Yeah, I love that. And harnessing the innovation of our team and taking down all of the normal barriers that exist in a large organization and getting the best ideas coming from the front lines and bringing them to fruition within hours and days to fight the pandemic and to save lives. Yeah. We still have a lot of patients still recovering from the pandemic and a lot of people who are needing our care. So how do we continue to have that innovation come through our care delivery? And finally, I'd like to ask the same question I ask of all of my guests. What one piece of advice do you have for our teams, especially our physicians, to help heal from the past three plus years of the pandemic? During the pandemic, I think one thing that certainly came to light is that no man is an island or no woman is an island. We are so interconnected with our community, with our families, with our colleagues, with our patients. And that isolation is not healthy. It is not a long-term strategy. I think in order to heal, you have to connect, connect, connect connect deeply, connect uh, with meaning, connect with purpose. You can't connect enough. And I, I really do think that's part of the healing journey, even connecting with yourself and being gentle with yourself, gentle with your own healing, but knowing that you don't have to go it alone. I love that. Maria, thank you so much for your willingness to share with the entire team, your experience and how it's just affected your leadership style. For me, the most beneficial lesson learned was the power of teamwork. There is absolutely nothing we can't do together. And it's such a privilege to be in that team with you. So thank you so much for what you do for our teams all the time. I feel the same way, Carrie. And the way that I think about teams, no matter how smart any individual person is, they're never going to be as strong, as smart, or as resilient as the collective team. So that's the power of teams. And I'm glad to be on your team and working together. Underline an exclamation point on that one. I'd like to thank again our esteemed guest, Dr. Maria Ansari, for her work and her dedication to our incredible staff. Thank you again for being on Live Well and Thrive. Carrie, thank you for having me. It was a true pleasure. As always, I invite you to share what's on your mind. Ask a question or suggest a topic or guest. 
send it to livewellandthrive at kp.org. And whether you're listening on your commute or during a down moment, keep those comments coming. And of course, I'd like to thank you, our listener, for tuning in to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente. I'm Carrie Owen Pleats, and we'll see you next time.